Hello, mind body musingers. I have a question for you. Have you ever felt like you just couldn't connect with your clothing? Or you like clothing, but it never felt like it properly reflected your character on the inside? Have you ever felt overwhelmed with clothing shopping or with picking pieces that can be consistently worn from day to night? And have you ever found yourself exhausted with all of the, quote, fashion rules of this is what's in, this is what's out, this is the new trend? It's a lot to keep up with, and oftentimes it can create a dissonance between people and their own style because it feels like there's so many rules to go by. I personally, since birth, have felt very disconnected from clothing, just all clothing in general, texture, fabrics, everything. If it was up to me, I would probably be naked all the time. I, I sleep naked, I live alone, and I walk around naked all the time. I love being naked, and I also... Thanks to my friend who pointed this out to me and shared with this with me because she has this. But I, I realized finally something that I have is called um, sensory processing disorder, which is such a godsend for me to understand because I've had my entire life living this way where I can get so, so tightly wound from textures and feelings and sounds. So many things as a child drove me bonkers. The texture of grass on my feet, I hated it. The texture of jeans, the texture of um, shoes. Oh my gosh, I would kick off my shoes constantly as a kid. Um, watches on a wrist, leaving an, an uh, imprint on people's arm. To this day as an adult, if I see a watch that is on someone's arm, I won't be able to think about anything else until I move it and I see that imprint is free from the watch. But I also couldn't go into theaters because the sound of popcorn was the only thing that I would hear. My brain, my body, I don't know what it was, but it can't really disassociate from one thing to the other. It's all one thing. So it becomes really hard for me to work in cafes, to read while people are talking. Sometimes it's hard for me to have a conversation in a loud restaurant, especially if we're close by other people because I hear them exactly the same volume as the person talking to me. And it's just a lot of noise. Um, so crazy that I picked New York, right? <laughs> but um, going back to what we were talking about, I've always wondered why can't I connect with any clothing at all? And so I buy jeans and I buy shoes and I buy certain kinds of dresses and still I feel frustrated because these are cute things. Why can't I wear them gladly, happily? Why can't I feel the way other people feel when they wear clothing? So besides this whole sensory processing disorder thing, there's another very important key here that I was missing out on. And I was missing out on truly allowing myself to pick pieces that only felt aligned with my soul, that only spoke to me on a soul level, not just things that are cute, but things that when I look at it, I say, oh yeah, that brings out the inner Madeline Queen. Like, oh yeah, that brings out an archetype within me that I want to show off. So recently, I've been wearing a lot of flowy things. Actually, most of my life I've worn, I've worn flowy things because of the textures. I don't like the way things cling onto my skin at all. But to a new level, I've cleared out everything in my closet 
that screams tight fabric, tight texture, ugh, like jeans, all of that kind of stuff, stuff that really drives me bonkers that I keep trying to wear. I've cleaned all that out. Um, I've gone shopping, thrift shopping for things that feel really juicy and alive and beautiful and nourishing to my soul. And it's different. It's really different from what is fashionable right now or what looks good on me. It's totally different from all of that. My question now is, does this piece, this one piece reflect who I am on the inside as this woman, not the woman five years ago or three years ago, but this woman? And how have I come to this place, you may be wondering. Well, that brings us full circle to our incredible guest who has significantly impacted my life, more than she knows. Um, I was on Instagram a couple months ago talking about this, and I asked a question to all of you, and I said, does anyone else feel like they've never connected with clothing? And someone on there said, oh my gosh, you have to check out Stacia. She is going to change your life. And I was on the subway when I read that message, and I remember pulling up Stacia's TED Talk and watching it all the way on the subway ride. By the end of it, I was downloading podcasts she's done. I followed her on Instagram. I just fell in love, like soul to soul level. This woman, I, I got her, and I feel like she gets me. And we have a, a, a little friendship now. And it's just been so lovely to have her on the show and to get her insight on clothing and style. And I love that this episode is actually coming right after the one we just did last week on Voice. So both of these things are really exciting new endeavors for a lot of people, myself included, of how can I use my external appearance with how I dress my body to rise up certain archetypes within me. If I dress like a queen one day, you better believe when I'm walking my dog down the street, I'm going to feel more like a queen, which means I may have a different kind of aura and energy to me. Same thing with my voice. When I channel this inner deep belly voice, you may feel impacted by my queen energy or whatever energy I'm bringing forward more. So I hope this episode and last week's episode are a really complimentary match and pair for you because they're two things that I'm having so much fun with. It's different than just how do you live a more authentic life? These are actual, tangible things you can begin to do to feel more into who you are individually using your unique voice and your unique style. So with that said, Stacia Savasuk is a Vermont-based personal stylist, teacher, and body positive advocate who ushers women from feelings of insignificance, body shame, and a perpetual state of why bother into radically embracing who they are, what they want, and how they show up in the world. She is the founder and creator of Stacia Style School, an online empowerment program that has helped hundreds of women reconnect with their soul fire and live a life of courage, confidence, and congruency. Stacia believes that true style cannot be dictated by role, income, size, age, or gender, but instead must be a reflection of who you are on the inside. She believes that style, how you show up in the world, matters. 
she should know. It's changed her life, and it's changed the life of her 12-year-old daughter. In fact, it was her daughter that taught her about inside-out congruency, a concept that has since changed the lives of thousands of women. Stacia loves traveling, hiking, camping, and exploring, usually in a dress, lipstick, and big earrings. And that is so true every time that I see her hiking. I know that she hikes every Sunday with her family. She's got these beautiful big earrings on, and since I have had Stacia enter my life, I have been wearing more jewelry and earrings and adorning myself before I leave the house. And I'm actually at the point now that when I leave and I'm walking to the subway and I forget my rings or my necklace or my eyeglasses that I love, I'm like, oh my goodness, I want those. I really want them. Whereas used to, I'd be like, doesn't matter. Used to, I'd be like, I'm just putting on whatever is sensible. Tons of black, tons of brown, tons of... Uh, dark forest green, which are all great colors. But now, since I've been absorbing her beautiful insight and really listening to the reasons behind why we should do this, I've been leaving the world of sensibility and going into individuality and expression. And it's been blissful and beautiful and yeah, amazing. So I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode today. We talk about how changing your style will change your life. Today's show sponsor is Audible. If you want to get a free audiobook and 30 days free of trying out Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings. Get a free book there. If you don't know what book to choose, go to my website, mattymoon.com forward slash free gift. I have a list on that page of 100 books that I would recommend, more than 100 actually, in categories such as health and nutrition, body image, uh, divine feminine and divine masculine, bu business building, financial mindset, money mindset. Lots of books you can choose from. The first one that comes up for me is The Red Tent. It's one of my favorite books. So is The Untethered Soul. So is Attached. I love those books. Oh my gosh, so many good books. The Power of Now. Um, what is the other one that he wrote? That? Oh, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. So good. So go check that out. And I really have nothing else to share. I'm ready to get started, so let's go head on over. You are someone that every time I read your writing or I watch your stories, I feel like I am a better writer afterwards. Like you have this very unique ability to take what is coming and working through you and just put it out into the world in such an aligned way that inspires me as a writer. And then you just give me all these ideas and these butterfly good feelings. And I just, I, I haven't found a human being who I have been so enthralled and in love with in a while as I feel about you. Well, my goodness, <laughs> I'm blushing over here. Thank you so much. Um, I thank you. That's very sweet of you to say. Um, you know, and it's funny too, because I've always considered myself a non-writer and 
you know how we, you get told those stories that like, you can't write a poem, you're not a writer, or you can't paint. So you're not an artist or, you know, those stories. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just starting to realize that because I can write, that makes me a writer. Mm. So here's right. something, something really unique, like, okay, so in your emails that you write, you mm-hmm. don't, so I've, I've noticed, cause I, I was an English major. Like I went to do all of that stuff. Oh. What I love so much about your writing is that you don't follow any of the rules. N- none. <laughs> and it has personality within that. So like, mm. you'll have sent like I've noticed, I think one of your recent emails, you wrote something, I'm going to make this up and it's not yep. what you wrote, but you wrote something like, it's not enough. I don't know. But like the I wasn't capitalized. The N wasn't capitalized. It's like full stop. Like it's period, not period. And none of them were capitalized. Something about something as small as that. I'm like, I love this girl. Like in a world where everyone's perfecting everything and capitalizing, Mm. using the right punctuation, all this, like something about the realness and rawness. And like, I could feel that you valued more what you were saying than how you perfectly said it. And to me, like, that's how I love that. I just really vibe with that. Well, and that's what made me not a good writer in school, right? Because I never, like, I couldn't get the rules and the, like that, that's to, I speak a certain way. Right. And so I write like I speak. And so there is no punctuation (laughs) for that in some ways. Um, and I, when I try to formalize it, I lose, I lose what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? So I just, I find that the more that I can just sort of like brain to fingers to the computer, it comes out more naturally and I, and it punctuates itself. I don't know. I, I don't follow me. <laughs> I don't follow any rules. You've got it. Yeah. Don't, so, don't. Yeah. Cause I could feel that like you went, um, and I wanted to ask you about this. You recently went to a surf camp mm-hmm. and you were writing like as you were there and you know, I, I just love that you were writing your real time experiences. So with that said, what sparked your desire to go to this women's surf camp? Was it a spontaneous decision or something that you had your eye on for a while? I didn't have my eye on it at all, like at all, at all. In fact, surf camp was something I would never dream of doing. Surfing is something I would never dream of doing because I had all the reasons why I couldn't be a surfer since I was a teenager. Like I'm not I'm not strong enough. I don't have the body for it. I'm not like, honestly, I'm not cool enough because cool kids surf. And I don't know if I qualify for that. I don't know. I just had, you know, this, this thing that came into my head as a teenager, when I would watch surfers, I grew up in Maine, there were surfers on the coast of Maine and I would watch them and just be like, Oh, that could never be me. You know, you like, I did, I decided that 35 years ago or 30 years ago or whatever. Um, and I'm at a place in my business and in my life right now where I'm realizing that all of the things that I thought that I couldn't do that I maybe can do. And so it was like, well, it came up. I met the, the owner of the Las Olas surf camp. I met her on Instagram and we communicated and she was telling me about it. And I was like, this is, it terrifies me. It sounds awful. I have to do it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, it, I'm at that place where the more things that I can do that scare the pants off me, keep me on my toes and remind me that I'm alive, that, you know, if I'm just not doing things that scare me every day, then am I really living? So those, the more I can do that scares me, the more I feel like I'm living. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, and I think in that way, we're also kindred spirits as well, because I'm such a yes girl, not necessarily like like surfing is something that, uh, man, like I, I, 
I, in my mind, have so many things to why I couldn't be that too. So maybe I just need to be a, aware of what's going on in my mind. But the water going up my nose, I think that would be the hardest thing for me is that kind of stuff. And the water in my eyes. Oh, my gosh. It was hard. It, I mean, I wrote about that in that you, you read the newsletter. I mean, I just got the first day I got hammered. I had like 25 neti pots, you know, like, and I was like, oh my gosh, the water's in my nose, in my ears. And like, it's coming in my nose and falling out my mouth. I mean, I was just kidding. I got hammered and it was hard. And I was crying. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. I quit. I was ready to quit on day one, but then I, you know, I knew that I couldn't. So I went back out there, but yeah, it was, it was no joke. It was hard. And it's not like I was like catching, you know, green waves, like big waves and, you know, surfing in the tube and whatever, like the fancy lingo is I was doing like little mini things, but it was still the ocean's powerful. And to sort of find your place in that was really, I don't know. It was like, like a week of surf camp was a week of life lessons for me of just, you know, falling down, falling down, falling down, getting thrashed, getting back up over and over again and keep trying and letting go of all the stories that are preventing you from doing the thing that maybe you actually can do. Do you have proof evidence that you can't do it? I didn't have any proof that I couldn't be a surfer. So why not try? So I stood up on a surfboard in the ocean. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm a surfer. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's the same thing with a writer. It's like, you did the thing. You are the thing. You are the thing. You know, what are the, there's, you know, there, there aren't, I don't have to look like, you know, the cover of Athleta to call myself a surfer. Mm. I surfed, therefore I am a surfer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my, like I write, therefore I am a writer. Yeah. And you know, that's, I think there's so, there's so many boundaries around what we can and can't call ourselves based on, you know, unrealistic expectations. And so if we can let go of a lot of that stuff, we can step into a whole lot more. Right. The boxes that we put ourselves in. And that's something that I associate with what you talk about. Um, I want to back up a little bit to how I first found you. I, I was talking as I just moved into my Brooklyn, my new Brooklyn apartment and my closet is the smallest closet I've ever had in my whole life. And I'm kind of OCD about things having plenty of space to breathe. So I was just like, I don't want to have a packed closet or I'll never go into it because it'll be a hassle to move the hangers aside. So let's get rid of a whole bunch of stuff. So I got rid of like three bags of stuff and I already didn't have that much. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking of like how I've never Mm -hmm. felt connected to clothing ever. And like I would probably be one of those people down to live in a nudist colony Uh, because that's so much more comfortable to me. And I think part of that comes into play. I have what I've recently discovered, this um, sensory disorder, Mm -hmm. uh, sensory processing disorder. So textures and fabrics and the way things touch my body, hang off my body, really irritate me more than the average person. Like sometimes I can't function if I've got on something that's too tight. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the the way, I mean, someone should study me just because it's so annoying fabrics. Anyways, I was getting rid of all this stuff and I got on Instagram and I was talking to people and I was just like, you know what? I've never felt connected to clothing and style. It just feels so apart from me. And 
and it's it's a struggle because I see other people who are wearing clothing that they took the time to put on their body mm-hmm. and it's like I I can feel into that person's energy based mm-hmm. off of their clothing. I look at them and I'm like, "Oh man, I want to be near them" or mm-hmm. "Oh, I don't want to be near them." I feel that. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking about how I've never felt connected at all to the things that I put on my body and someone said, "You have to meet Stacia. Like you have to check out her style school, best money I ever spent. And so they sent me this while I was on the subway and I was just like, pulled up your Ted talk and I watched Ted talk on the subway. And I was like, this queen, this (laughs) woman, I kid you not, you are one Ted talk. It gave me so much more mojo to simply put on a pair of earrings every morning and then make my lipstick a little bit more of a ritual. And it makes a difference. And there's still so much that I want to learn from you because I'm not in any way reflecting what I want to put out into the world. I know this I'm and it's nothing good or bad. It just is what it is. And I'm excited for this venture. But anyways, that's how I was introduced to you. And I would love for you to take some time to share a bit more about specifically what you shared in that TED talk on your journey, your story, and how you used to live your life versus how now it is such a reflection of what's on the inside. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big story right there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, I think for most of my life, and I think this is true for a lot of women that we are disconnected from the clothes we put on our bodies for lots of different reasons. Um, one being, there, we're often judged for what we put on our bodies one way or another. If you try to, you know, put any effort or care into what you're, how you're presenting yourself or how you're showing up in the world, you're labeled petty and superficial. If you don't put in any effort, you're called lazy. You were, so we're always sort of like damned if you do damned if you don't as women. Um, and so I think, you know, we kind of grow up in this and it's easy to just disconnect from it, especially when we can't figure out how to do it in a way that feels, I'm gonna throw my word out there, congruent. Um, And so I spent most of my life trying to find the style box that I fit into because I never, you know, you go shopping and there's like a bazillion things. What is the thing that's going to work for you? And so you look at somebody, your girlfriend, and you're like, she's so cute. I'm going to wear what she's wearing. You put it on, you feel like it's a costume. That doesn't work. So you check somebody else's clothes and you put on what they're wearing because it goes together. You buy the outfit off the mannequin and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. What's wrong with me? How come I can't figure this out? Why does everybody else get this and I don't? And, you know, I think I spent so much time there and I spent so much time trying to fit into my sort of my role and dressing that role of, you know, when I was a Peace Corps volunteer, what does a Peace Corps volunteer dress like? Well, they can't wear lipstick and sequins because they're a Peace Corps volunteer. You're going to be gritty, right? You're going to be a little less, a little more messy. Or my background is in environmental science. And what does this, you know, an environmental scientist person look like or whatever? And it's, I was always looking outside of me to find what I'm, what am I supposed to wear? Okay. This is what a, you know, this is what we can do this for everything. This is what a librarian looks like. This is what a mama looks like. This is what a fitness instructor looks like. And we try to find our way into these roles or find our way into, um, just what we think we're supposed to wear. Or we try to find something that's vetted and apply it to us. And it just doesn't work. And I spent my whole life feeling sad. I bet you, I am not the only person that has cried in a fitting room because they felt terrible, right? Like nothing worked nothing 
spin, soul fight, like it just didn't connect. And so I had broken up with style and just, you know, this is what I always laugh about. And I lived in beige yoga pants, fleece and sensible brown shoes for like, I don't know, like 20 years or something. I love that you say sensible brown shoes. (laughs) Like that is exactly what I would think about brown shoes. Like, okay, you're sensible. I could use you. They're sensible shoes, right? There's nothing about them. They, they worked for walking that like, that's what their job is, but nothing, it's nothing good about them. Um, and I just, I, I was so disconnected to myself. It was, it was, it was shocking, really. I mean, it was shocking how disconnected I became because I never could show up in the world in a way that made sense. It was that, you know, so judging the book by its cover kind of thing. Like I have a pretty loud voice. I have a pretty loud personality, but I always dressed in a way that was very quiet, very subdued because I didn't know how to, and then I would be misinterpreted and, you know, you're too loud. And it's like, I just couldn't figure anything out. And I always, um, it diminished me. And I hid because of that lack of congruency, right? When people would assume one thing about you and then they see something else and you end up being too much or you're not enough. And so what do you do? You just stop caring and you go inside and you walk around with your head down. You don't look up shoulders hunched and you disconnect from your community, from your people, from your social circle. And that's what I did as I really disconnected. And I say, one of the things that was most profound to me is that I lost my laugh, which like, that's devastating. And I went from being a person that laughed out loud, you know, like a, a laugh that you could hear to laughing silently with my hand over my face without making any sound because I was so afraid of being seen, of being heard because of the judgment, because of being misunderstood, because nobody got me. Um, and so that's where I landed and it was, it was ugly. It was really, it was hard. Um, and then it wasn't until I had my first child and she was born with some physical differences. So she had a, she's a, has a pretty, extensive medical history. And she was born with some physical differences, you know, visible physical differences. She had differences inside her body and outside her body. Um, and the visible ones really threw me for a loop is how can I make sure that she fits in, in our community, in our culture, in our society, when we put so much weight and so much expectation on how we look and how we show up. And I, here I am like a typical, you know, looking person, with no obvious physical differences. And I can't find my way. How will she ever find her way? And so I became a mission of mine to make sure that she fit in, to make sure that she was going to be accepted by her peers, that she would be viewed for sort of the essence of who she was and, you know, just be, be an accepted member of the community for the amazing, sweet, lovely person that she was. And I decided what that was going to look like for her as mothers sometimes do. And so I really put a lot of effort and energy into making sure that she showed up a certain way with cute, you know, big curls in her hair and barrettes and cute little dresses and bloomers and matching sneakers, super, super, super feminine. And just, I wanted her, I so desperately wanted her to fit in that I wrote a formula for her to fit in. And I was going to teach her all the things that I never learned. I was going to somehow put it all onto her. And it just, it, it 
it backfired because everything that I was trying to project onto her of how to fit in, how to make sure society accepted her was everything that went against who she was as a person herself, which was far more tapped into the masculine than the feminine. Um, and despite all my efforts and energies to make sure that she fit in, she resisted every one of my moves to make sure that she fit in. And so that was challenging for me as a mother who was really working to make sure that she fit in. And I would put her in these cute dresses and we would get in these blowout battles and she'd be like, no, absolutely not. I'm not wearing this. I hate this. I want to wear. And she would say boy clothes. And back then that's the way we talked about clothes when she was younger, you know, girl clothes and boy clothes. I want to wear boy clothes. I don't want to wear girl clothes. And I, I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. Like you're already a kid that's different. How can we make sure that you fit? You can't go wearing boy clothes. That's not going to do the work for you. You know, so we just had this long battle of me trying to make sure that she fit in and her saying, absolutely not. I'm never going to do this. And so we went through a long phase of, um, disconnect, which was terrible to be disconnected and fighting with your three and four year old about what they're going to wear. Um, it's definitely not some of my A plus moments <laughs> as a mother. Um, and then it shifted and changed when she was around four or five. Um, and this is the story that's in my, in my talk about her being, you know, us being at the thrift store. And she said to me, um, let me, I, I want to buy a shirt and tie. And I, and I thought, no, no, you can't, we're not going to buy you a shirt and necktie, like, like necktie, like boy, necktie. No, we can't do this. And she insisted. And she went to the counter at the thrift store and said, you know, ask somebody to help her find a shirt and tie. And she did. And they came back, they showed it to me. I was kind of cranky about it. Didn't want to do it. It was three bucks, decided to spend the money. And when we got home, Raisa, my daughter very quickly went into the living room and put on her shirt and necktie. And when she did, she looked into the mirror and she, she took her own breath away. And I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments where you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, wow, there I am. And she had one of those moments and it was so beautiful and it was so powerful. And then she started running across our living room into the dining room and said, mommy, mommy, look how much faster I can run. And then she jumped up and down and said, look how much higher I can jump when I'm wearing a shirt and tie. And and it was a very powerful and profound moment for me when I realized that she could run faster and jump higher when she was wearing clothes on the outside that matched who she was on the inside. So all of my work trying to make sure that she fit in, that she was fitting sort of the outside expectations were diminishing her. Whereas if she stepped into who she was, then she had so much more power to belong as opposed to striving to fit in, which changed my life. I'm glad that I was like, I, I paused long enough to recognize it and had my full meltdown and cry. And just, it was really, whew, it was an emotional moment. And then, and then everything shifted for us. And then I was able to tap into my own inside out congruency. Who am I? And how do I want to show up in the world instead of 
what role am I trying to fulfill and how does that look and how do I put that on top of me? So I realized that style has nothing to do with anything outside of ourselves. Pinterest isn't going to help us. No magazine article is going to help you. You know, like the, the only place that you can ever go to figure out what is your, what your style is, is going inside of you, doing the work of figuring out who you are, coming up with a set of words and feelings. And what does that look like and feel like? And what is that experience like for you? And then finding the clothes that match that. So starting from the inside and working your way out, as opposed to starting on the outside and trying to find your way in that just like the road doesn't go that way. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it sounds to me in, in so many different ways, like your daughter is one of your greatest teachers over and over again. (laughs) Yes. So it's so powerful that, I mean, also I just want to honor you too, for like using your before of how you were trying to put her in dresses. Like you're so open about this. Like you have obviously done your work to come to acceptance of all of this. And that's part of why all of this happened. And if you didn't have that resistance and friction to her wearing quote boys clothes, then you wouldn't be guiding hundreds if not thousands and thousands of women right now. So like, thank goodness for your own friction and resistance back then, (laughs) because it's doing amazing work now. Well, because it made it, it, it became so obvious on how wrong it was. I was doing it the how wrong we do it as a culture and as a society, right? Because there are so many instructional manuals on like how to find your style in three minutes or whatever. And I'm like, three minutes, you can't do this shit in a month. (laughs) It takes time. It takes work. It's a practice. And I love that you said, Maddie, when you were, you know, adding lipstick on in the morning as a ritual, that's what it is. Getting dressed is a practice. It's not just this thing we do as an afterthought so that we can not be naked in town, right? It's not just so we can be accessible. Getting dressed, in my view, is a very, and you know, it's a spiritual practice because every day I am saying, who am I? And how is it that I want to show up in the world? And so I am intentional every morning when I get dressed. I don't say, what am I going to wear? And just throw this on with that and whatever and just get the hell out the door. I'm saying, who who am I? I got to remember, I got to connect to myself today. It's a way of connecting to myself. Some people do yoga, some people run, some people climb mountain, like whatever. We all have our ways, but getting dressed is something I do every single day for the most part, right? I put something on my body every single day and it takes me three to four minutes. So it's something I can bring in that mindfulness to a practice that I do every day. Not all of us can do yoga every day. Not all of us can go for 10 mile runs every day. Not all of us can do some of these bigger, more time consuming activities, but we all get dressed. So why not turn that into a practice of connecting to your own soul fire, to your own strength so that you can start the day with your feet planted on the ground, steady in knowing who you are, right? Would you say it doesn't really matter so much if you are someone that goes out into the world and you have kids and you're picking them up and dropping them off versus being someone that stays at home most of the day? That's one of my blocks is that, you know, and, and, and I, I can see now as I'm looking at this, I have too much emphasis around styling my body to go out into the world rather than styling my body for me. 
because yeah, I mean, whether yeah. you're inside all day or you're running all these errands, it doesn't really matter. Adorning your body is adorning your body and it's always for you. I mean, that's, this is what I hear so often. Yeah, but I'm a stay at home mom. Yeah, but, and I'm like, you're, you're, sh- we're still showing up. We're not doing it for anybody else. I want to live my best life. I want to step into my power every single day because even if I'm home and I never leave my house, I still have to parent. I still have to be a spouse. I still have to, you know, answer emails. I still have to engage with my postal person, like whoever. I'm still a human engaging in the world. And I want to come into the world and I want to engage in the world and I want to connect with my community, with my, with my surroundings in a way that where I'm connected to, where I'm connected to myself, right? So getting dressed isn't about who am I going to see today? It's how, how important is it for me to connect with myself every day? And different people use different methodologies for doing this. Some people may sit in meditation and find that connection. Um, so again, I, I think getting dressed because it's something we do, we might as well make it intentional. Yeah. I'm thinking now it could be a really interesting thing for me personally to, to sit down and write how, like, what are all the things that I do on a daily basis and what interactions I have? Like, I love what you just said with the postal service, man, or going to the grocery store. Like I'm, I'm interacting with the world. We are all interacting with the world all day long. And those are all the reasons because sometimes, yeah, I definitely get in my own head about, well, I'm not going out. I, oh my God, Stacia, I wear the same pair of sweatpants. I think every day, like every day for a year, I've worn these wonderful outdoor voices, $150 sweatpants, but I do not want to wear anything else because I love them so much. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to that? What does that do to me? Like psychologically, how does it serve me and how does it deserve me? Or what would you say could be happening if I'm wearing the same thing and not taking time with even something like that? Well, I think it depends if it makes you feel the way you want to feel or not. When you put on your sweatpants, do you feel connected to your soul fire? Do you feel like you put them on and you're like, oh, yeah, like I feel like I'm connected to my bravery or whatever sort of your what it is that you're connected to, your bravery, your groundedness, your truth, your, you know, I often talk about sort of, um, taking the time in the morning when you get dressed to connect to that place inside you that's never been wounded, right? The, that, that's the, the part that's below the ego and below the stories and below like your truth, your essence that I call it soul fire. If they connect you to soul fire, then that's the only thing that matters. If they don't, then that's a different story, right? So I have, I am a person with a very minimalist closet. I have two pairs of jeans and I just wore my jeans for like seven days in a row. I love those damn jeans so much. I wore them seven days in a row. Didn't even wash them in between. I just love them. And, and I felt every morning I put them on, I was like, yeah, God, I love these jeans. They make me feel so gritty and so awesome. Like I just love, I love the way they fit my body. I love the color. I love the distressed. They make me feel scrappy and they make me feel like just, you know, gritty and a little raw and they make me feel the way that I want to feel. And so I wear the same pants every day and I love them. And I think it's awesome. But if I didn't want to feel gritty, scrappy and raw, and I wanted to feel professional, brave and something else, I change my pants. Mm -hmm. Right. So I really connect it to 
who am I and how do I want to show up and sort of what is my, what's on task for me today? What do I, what do I need to tap into and connect to in the morning? Because I can think how many women have gone to their closets. They can't find anything to wear. They put on the pants, they give them the muffin top, the shirt that's too tight, like you were saying. And I think you would be surprised to know how many women are handcuffed and paralyzed because their clothes don't feel good on their body because they're too tight, because the fabric scratches, because it twists, because of something, any of those things that we're constantly aware of disconnect us from the present moment. So Maddie, it makes sense that that happens for you, right? It, so many things can disconnect us from the present moment. And I think all of those things can disconnect us. And I, it's, like if your clothes don't feel good, you shouldn't own them. That's like, obviously, of course, they're terrible. Get them, get them the hell out of your closet. That's no good. Um, so I don't know. Like, so my question for you is how much do you love those gray sweatpants and how do they make you feel? And do you feel as if they connect you to your soul fire? I love this angle and this question. And what comes up for me around these pants is like, it's so funny we're talking about this, but it's so applicable <laughs> to my life. But these pants are like super cozy and um, I love feeling cozy, but underneath that they are like cozy in a, in a safety way. Mm. And when I think about the woman that I am and the fire I have, like mm. if I think of some words that come to mind for for the way that I, I am as a human being is I am very fiery, but mm-hmm. I'm also like, I have this goddess energy. We all do, right? Mm-hmm. But for mm-hmm. me, because we're talking about me. Um, I have this, I want to, I want to feel like gold and Mm. goddess and rich and, uh, divine. I want everything I do from the way I cook my breakfast to the way I walk my dog, to the way I dress to be sensual Mm. and like indulgent. And then like a little touch of like fairy fantasy, Mm -hmm. uh, elven land. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love it. All in these, these sweatpants don't match with that at all, but I could imagine like a pair of like loose, like loose wide leg red pants that were also Mm. comfy. They would embody that. And like silky. It's some like Mm. some luxurious fabric. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think, I think where we often get stuck is that these are so comfortable. They're so cozy. Well, fine. That's good. Get them in a fabric and material and cut that also makes you feel fabulous because of course they should be comfortable. Save them for pajamas. (laughs) You know, they might be perfect pajama pants, but, or whatever, but you, it's, I think the, the, you can find clothes that are cozy and make you that like feel good on your body and connect you to your feminine goddess, vixeny, whatever, right? Like you can do both. And I think we stop short at comfortable and cozy and we don't take it all the way because totally. imagine, imagine if you were just walking your dog and you're like, red sexy pants. How would you carry yourself different? How would you make eye contact differently? How would you engage with the runner that passes by differently? Right. If you were connected to that part of you, instead of sort of living in safety land, you know, what also happens too. if I was to do that, my walk would be extended. Like mm. I already know, cause this has happened when I, when I dress a different way, I'm like, you know yep. what? I'll take a new route. I'll walk a little further. I'll pop in yeah. the store when I'm wearing these pants. And I, I never fully transitioned from sleep 
sleep to work mode. That happens for me because I'm like, as eh, raw. Like my desk is right next to my bed, and all my work is from home, so I never really make that clear transition from mm-hmm. night to day. But anyways, if I was to be wearing something that fed who I am on the inside, my walk would end up being longer. I'd probably take my time. Like the indulgent clothing would mm-hmm. lead to an indulgent lifestyle, even yeah. if I walk. Well, because it's something you're doing at the start of your day. So it kind of sets you up for what your day is going to be. And I say, you know, one of the things I often think about is by getting dressed, connecting to that, it allows, it doesn't mean that I'm going to avoid all the hard things in my life. It means that I already have connected to my strengths, to my, to what I know that I'm capable of in the morning. So as life happens, life is hard. We're humans. We have like, life is hard, right? I can step into these more challenging moments with a little more groundedness because I've already said, I'm like, I can look down and be like, oh yeah, this is hard, but dang, I look fierce today. I'm fierce, right? So I can go or like, I'm really feeling grounded today. And so you can go into these hard conversations and do these hard things already connected to your greatest, your greatest greatness, really. So I'm going to say, you know, I work from home as well. And my office is about 10 steps from my bedroom. And so what I do, and it sounds crazy, I get dressed to go to work. Even though I sit on my computer and nobody sees me all day long, I get my pocket, my pocketbook, my purse, I put it on, get my shoes on. I walk 10 steps to my office and I close the door. Like, that's what I do. I get dressed and I go to work. And it's 10 steps from my bedroom (laughs) and my house, right? But it's very like, I want to bring this energy to my work. When I work in my pajamas, I'm just kind of sluggish and like, oh, I got to answer some more emails. I got to, I'm a little more cranky about it, right? Because I'm in my pajama mode. But when I put on my work clothes and I put on my earrings, I have a little tinted chapstick right at my desk. I put my little chapstick on. I go, okay, I'm ready. Now I'm ready to open my email and see what's there. What opportunities are there? What, like, what's, what's going to come at me today? Cause I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I know who I am. I've connected to myself today. I know how I want to feel. And, and I, and I approach my life that way. So I use it as a daily practice to connect with my soul fire and my style is all me. It has, I don't read or look at or know anything about fashion week or the color of the year. Like I don't know any of that stuff because that's irrelevant to me. It has to make me feel the way that I want to feel. So it's all the inside work for sure. For sure. For sure. I think a lot of people right now might be thinking, okay, well that's well and good, but I don't have buckets of money to go spend on clothing. Um, and another reason why I think you're just so fabulous is that you bring it back down to earth and you show Mm. people how you can be so creative, whether or not it's with the clothing you already have or going thrift Mm -hmm. shopping. Can you speak a little bit more on that as well? Yeah. Well, I'm just looking down at my outfit and it costs $10 (laughs) and I'm wearing good jeans. Like, I don't know, like lucky jeans, Joe's jeans or something. I got them at the thrift store for five bucks. Um, they were too long. So I cut them and hemmed, you know, just kind of raw cut them myself. I've got a sweater on from the thrift store It was $4. I have a t-shirt under it. That was $2. (laughs) Like my whole outfits from the thrift store right now. My socks were 50 cents. I even buy my socks at the thrift store sometimes if they're still new. And they're not, you know, I'm not going to buy yucky socks at the thrift store, but if there's socks that are new at the thrift store, 
heck, I'll buy those. Um, so my whole outfit right now is from the Goodwill, <laughs> and it costs less than ten dollars. So what I one of the things that used to prevent me from sort of tapping into and appreciating style was that it was out of my reach and it was too expensive, and it felt I didn't want to be part of that consumeristic gluttonous fast fashion. Like it all, like it all gagged me with a spoon. I hate it all. Um, so being able to shop secondhand allows me to sort of participate in being feeling, I'm going to throw, I'm going to put say stylish because that's the word we use, but for me, it's more like feeling congruent, um, and doing it in a way that is eco conscious. It's sustainable it's affordable. And every time, I mean, even I shop a lot at my local hospice charity shop, I buy jeans and I'm supporting my local hospice. So it's like this wonderful, it's, it feels good. It feels good. It doesn't feel good for me to give money to forever 21. It feels good for me to pay $10 for a dress at my local hospice shop because it's all donation it's a donation funded organization that now can operate this incredible community program based off of clothes that were donated that I paid for. You know what I mean? So there's ways to participate in style that, um, that, that, that can match your values as a woman and match your wallet. Right. I'm most of my clothes, most of my outfits, it's rare when I wear an outfit that costs more than $25. Wow. Oh, it's super rare. I mean, I have shoes. Actually, the shoes that I've been wearing lately, I, I got for at a thrift store. Um, actually, most of my shoes are from the thrift store. If you shop a lot, you'll find brand new shoes for $7. Um, so most of my shoes are from the thrift store. My jewelry, i that's where I spend my money is in my jewelry. Mm. I wear good jewelry. And the reason why is because my jewelry always fits me. I can gain 10 pounds and my necklaces and my earrings are still going to fit. So I choose to spend my money on artisan made accessories. Like my handbag, my purse that I carry is, you know, locally made super, like it's beautiful. I love it. It was, you know, on the expensive side for me. Um, but it's always going to fit me. If I spend $200 on a pair of jeans and in five months I gain weight I'm going to force myself to wear the pants, even though they make my crotch burn and they give me muffin top because I paid $200 for the damn jeans, right? I'm going to punish myself. If I paid $5 for the jeans, I got no problem giving them back to the thrift store and buying a pair of pants that actually fit me. So I think that, and I see this a lot in my style school that I run where women were like, but I have to wear it. I paid a lot of money for it. I'm like, it doesn't fit you. <laughs> like it makes you feel bad about yourself. Don't wear it. But we feel handcuffed when we spend a lot of money on those things. Um, so I think, I mean, I personally think a thrifted wardrobe is the best wardrobe because then you have no strings attached to it and it's yeah. easy to let go of. Yeah. I, I like this. I like this. I have, I have a couple things. We'll see if I can remember both as I start talking. Sometimes mm -hmm. I forget, but one of them is that I, I'm reading this book called essentialism mm -hmm. and yeah, they talk, you've read it. Okay. They yep. talk about like getting rid of things because the essentialist cleans out and the non-essentialist doesn't and how people say, Oh, but I spent money on this. And a question he says is, okay, well, if you didn't own it, how much would you be willing to spend on it now? Right. And that's, I've been using that recently. If I have a problem getting rid of something, I'm like, okay, well, let's pretend I don't own it. How much money would I spend on this to own it? And a lot of times it's $0. And then I'm like, okay, that's a great reason to 
take this to Goodwill or to yeah. donate this. I mean, living in New York is amazing. I could put something on the street and it's gone within two seconds. Totally. totally. Um, so that's like basically my, my Goodwill. Someone will come get it immediately. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing I was going to say is uh, I also watched this movie called The True Cost, which is a documentary all around fast fashion. Have you seen mm-hmm. this? I have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love that you brought up this about thrifting and doing it for a good cause. I am so intentional about not purchasing things either from Forever 21. Mm-hmm. Not that it's a bad thing if y'all do that. I think being educated is really great. So if you watch The True Cost, I believe it's on Netflix. Um, yep. you'll gain a lot of perspective. And then the very last thing is, yeah, I love, I love the feeling I get when I buy a really good thrift piece. And mm-hmm. I also find it's exactly what you're saying. I'm so much more likely to allow myself to go trade it in and get something new. Like my closet can be more revolving and evolving mm-hmm. as I am because yes. the attachment is so much less. Yes. And I love what you just said. You just said like, to me, one of the most important things And if we are women who are growing and evolving and stepping into ourselves more and more every day, because we're doing the work and the people that listen to your podcast are doing the damn work, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. this is what you're about. We're like women that do the work. So if we're doing the work clause, like sort of curating your closet is not a one and done activity. The clothes that I was wearing six months ago are not appropriate for me right now, right? Because I am a changed woman from where I was six months ago. Because I am living, I'm living the life where I scare myself a little bit a day, every day. And that moves me further along the path where I, I'm less triggered by things. I have to be, I'm not as protective of myself as I used to be. I'm more courageous and willing to take more risks. And if I'm going to be congruent from the inside out, my style is going to reflect that. Right. And so if I, go and spend $4,000 on a spring line of clothes, it's going to suck to get rid of it three months from now. If I don't have that kind of money, you know, I'm always happy that people do because then the thrift stores are plush. So, you know, then there's good stuff in the thrift stores. But for me, it allows me to have my closet be revolving and constantly matching who I am on the inside. And some people will say, Oh my gosh, that sounds like so much work. You got to constantly keep up with yourself. If you know who you are and what you're looking for, shopping becomes a breeze. If you understand your body, if you know how to dress your body, then shopping is not hard where we struggle. This is a whole sort of like different Avenue. If we don't understand our bodies and sort of the relationship of, you know, sort of like the symbiotic relationship between the clothes that we put on our bodies and our bodies themselves. If we don't understand that relationship, then shopping is hard, but there are all that stuff is figure outable so that this process becomes smooth. It becomes easy. And I can walk into a thrift store 10 minutes, walk out with everything that I'm looking for or nothing. If I don't see anything and go back in a week, it's not laborious. Once you know what you're doing. I am feeling so inspired right now. I'm feeling so like I'm probably going to go to a thrift store after this and drop off some clothes and get some new things because I love that you just pointed out like even if it's six months later I mean heck it could be a week later and you could feel like you evolved from that sweater you bought I bought this really cute sweater probably now about a year ago and it was a thrift sweater and I loved it and uh, it served so many purposes and even the sweater now has been sitting in my closet and I have this like weird internal battle with it because I'm like 
you have memories. You're so cute, but you have all these pills on you and I don't want to wear you anymore. And I feel frumpy in you now. Whereas when I bought it, I felt like really alive and spicy. And now I'm like, I don't really like you, but I bought you and I did like you once. And I can think of so many things in my closet that are just like that. But you just said, you've moved past these triggers. You're like fierce. You're, you've evolved. Like our clothing is constantly changing with us. And yeah, there's just this like story in my head because of when I was young hearing, like hearing wherever, like in the world, I'm saying you need a whole new wardrobe, like watching, uh, what is that show? There was like the, wasn't her name Stacy, Stacy and Clinton or something like that on TLC. And they take people out and they buy them a new wardrobe, which is totally great because those people really needed a new wardrobe, Mm -hmm. but there's so much emphasis on like, you've got this amount of money and go spend out, buy all these new pieces of clothing. And then you'll be set. There is no conversation around even like the conversation of going to a thrift store and buying a Mm -hmm. few pieces and then going back two weeks later and then buying a couple more pieces for $5 and like giving those back. Like this is a new, this is a paradigm shift. This is a mindset shift. And I feel really fucking good hearing about it. I'm like, yes, I want to do this. This feels free. Well, and I think it feels free for so many women because I think it's like, Oh, but my closet was good three years ago, Stacia. And I'm like, three years ago, it's like an eternity, (laughs) you know, like, of course, like how many things have happened to you in the past three years? You're a different person. And we sort of beat ourselves up. Like, why didn't I do it right the first time? Why didn't I buy all the right things? It was right for you in the moment. And like you said, I have bought something in a thrift store, felt amazing in the store, wore it the next day and was like, this is everything. And then never have been able to wear it again because I was like, oh, That was like a moment in time for me where I needed that thing and now I don't need it, but it's not waste because I bought it on a donation. I'm donating it back. There's no guilt associated with it. It's just like, oh, that was awesome. Now I'm going to let it go and I'm going to bring something else in. So it leaves me though. And it's funny. People will often say to me, Stacia, why don't you treat yourself better? Like why only buy from thrift stores? Don't you think you're worth more? And I'm like, whoa, you don't understand. (laughs) I think I'm so worth it. And I feel so luxurious. And I feel like I live in this world of abundance because I have no problem letting go and bringing things back in. It's when we start hoarding things and holding on to them and spending a lot of money and needing them that those feelings of not enoughness can creep in. So it's been funny because the less money I spend on clothes, the more abundant I feel, the more, the more treasured I feel, the more valued I feel because I am willing to take the time to honor who I am and connect that part to me rather than punish myself into wearing something that I paid a lot of money for six months ago. It's such a game changer. It's because I mean, I'm the same way. Like I am, I have such a healthy relationship with money and my value. And I spend thousands of dollars with teachers and trainings and like, I'm good with that. I, when I do that with, with my clothing, unless it's a piece that I am feeling really, really on fire and called to, which hasn't Mm -hmm. happened to be honest with you. Like I, I, that's, I mean, there's still some, some, I'm going to sit down after this and I'm going to think about those words and write them down and really like feel into that. Cause I want to have a new, a new, um, test, I guess, to run things through of like, does this make me feel like my goddess elven energy? Like I want to yeah. do that. Um, yeah, but this is 
such a shift to think about buying things just for that evolution's sake and growing. And that is more towards abundance. And also side note, as I'm hearing you talk, not that I want to go into the relationship convo because I talk about this all the time, but I just want to like make a note that everything you just said was so precisely aligned with how I think about relationships too. It's like, it's not, it's not about owning and being attached. It's about loving, seeing Mm -hmm. the beauty of what it did for you in that moment you needed it and then letting it breathe and and be free and go. Like not, I'm not trying to say that we go into marriages and let them go, but I am saying that for everyone that's dating and is like, Oh, I wasted time with this person. Like everything you just shared about loving a piece for what it did for you in that moment, then letting it go and, and being connected to it, but not attached to it. Yes. That is love. Yeah. And that brings in that feeling of abundance and richness and fulfillment and connectedness. Right. So yes, my outfit costs $10 and I feel like the most like I feel like the richest woman in the world. And I don't use rich bank account, rich. I mean, rich, rich, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, like, grr, like glory, <laughs> growly rich, yes. you know? And I know, and it's like, oh, but it's just clothes. It's not, you know, style isn't really about the clothes. It's about our connection to self. And I think one of the things we've done as women, and we sort of talked about this in the beginning, is we discon- there's a lot of mind-body disconnect And, um, sort of, I think there's a mind, like a clothes, like well, there's so many disconnects. Right. And I, you know, I can ask her like, who who are you? And who are you? Like, tell me some words that describe you comfortable, good, organized. I'm like, no, 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 not those kind of words, like the real words. And that's, you know, in the work that I do with women in style school, that takes five weeks sometimes to find those words. You've done a lot of this work. A lot of us haven't right? We haven't done that. Like, wait, wait, who am I underneath my role as employee, as mother, as sister, as community organizer, who am I And connecting to that? And then being able to reflect it on the outside. Like you said, in the beginning, when you walk down the street and you can see somebody and think, Ooh, there's something there. What we're not always seeing and admiring is their style, but it's their congruency. It's that like, they are, they are walking down the street, living who like they're living it. Right. And I, I just, I think it's so powerful that my clothes are not just clothes. They are a representation of where I am in my journey. And it's something that could change swiftly tomorrow. And it reminds me that I am way more powerful than what the negative voices inside my head allow me to remember that I am right. Cause they're constantly there, constantly there trying to hijack me. But if I can look down, see my reflection in the mirror, I go, there she is. There mm-hmm. she is. That voice is not going to win today because I have a physical reminder on my body connected to my body that is going to remind me of the greatness that I possess that despite my pain, despite my wounds, despite my hurt, I am a powerful woman. And I'm going to dress to that power every damn day so that I can do my life. Shivers. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my God. What else can you tell us about style school? What should we know about it? Well, it'll change your life. (laughs) Aside from that, (laughs) 
Um, it's really, I mean, style school is so much about this inside out congruency. Who are you and how do you want to show up in the world? It's connecting ourselves with our feelings and not being ashamed and embarrassed to say who we are. Right. So oftentimes people will say, Stacia, tell me a little about yourself. And I'll be like, I'm brave. I'm a little fierce. And they were like, oh, I thought you were going to tell me that you were a mom with two kids. And I was like, mm. oh, you didn't ask me what I do. You asked me who I was. That's different. Mm. Right. That's different. And we're, we're, and I think there's a, there's so much of the work we do in style school is recognizing our power and standing arm in arm with women and saying, wow, that's awesome. Me too. But I've been afraid to say it out loud because as women, we tend to connect over what, over, over shame, not over what we're proud of. Right. So, and it reminds me just like a quick, it's terrible. And just as a quick example, I had done a workshop. It was years ago when I first started doing this work and I, and it was about body. So I'll just go there for a hot second. And I gave everybody a piece of paper and I said, write down five things that you don't like about your body. I'm telling you that list was done in like three seconds, like boom, boom, boom. Can I add 20 to my list? Can I add 40 things to my list? Oh my God, I could go on and on. All right, let's share it. There was like high fives, my arms jiggle, my belly has wrinkles. I've got cellulite. My neck has this gobble thing, like all the mean, terrible, awful things one could say about their body. I heard it. And there was like celebration, laughter, joy. Like it was this bizarre thing. And I thought I was rocking my workshop. I thought I was doing such a great job. And then I told everybody, flip your paper over. And now I want you to write down five things that you love about your body. Silence, heads down, shoulders hunched forward. People started to cry. I silenced a room by asking people to share something that they appreciated about their bodies. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. We can sit there and celebrate how much we hate ourselves, but given the opportunity to talk about something we value about ourselves or our bodies, instant, like, like nobody dared. And we talked about it and we talked about it and they said, well, yeah, I mean, I do like my legs, but if I said that I would sound vain. I can't say that out loud. That sounds so superficial. What would people think if they think I like my legs? What if they think I have terrible legs and I'm saying I like my legs and they're like, she likes her legs. She has terrible legs. Like all the shame and the, like, we're not allowed to talk about what's good about ourselves. That's it's, it's like not culturally accepted. So what we're doing in style school is we're flipping the culture and saying, here is a space where we can talk about things that we value about ourselves, because there's that, you know, the proverb, you can't love anybody until you love yourself. Like we're going to, like, we're going to legit jump into that and we're going to do it and we're going to do it hard. And I think where people get confused is saying, just as an example, I like my legs right? That's not vain. That's just like, I like my legs. If you walk around being like, my legs are better than your legs. I got the best legs. All you chumps with your bad legs, then you're an asshole. Like, don't do that. That's vanity. That's shit. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. But being able to self, like self-appreciate is one of the major tenets in style school because it's not something we're trained to do. We're trained to 
to, to not like ourselves. And so it's a huge shift and it's hard. It's, it's really hard to be like, I'm brave, <laughs> like panic attack after saying mm-hmm. it out loud, because it's like, what will people think? Do people think I deserve to be brave? Can I like all the shit that gets stirred up in your brain that tries yeah. to take you down, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's mega work. And then we do all the body image stuff, which is a whole nother, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. body shame is so awful. It's so pervasive and we do it all the time. We think we're victims and we're so often perpetu- perpetuators of body shame. And I think that is, that's more of the huge mega work. Like all bodies are beautiful bodies. There is no wrong body. It's not your body. That's the problem. It's the damn clothes. If you feel terrible in your body, change your pants. You don't have to change your body, change your pants. That's way easier to do, you know? So that's another sort of like big theme is, you know, you don't have to change your body if you want to, for health reasons. Sure. Fine. Do that. But it's not a prerequisite to beauty, Mm. you know? Thank you so much for the work that you're doing in the world. Like it's, it's so powerful and I'm sure, you know, it is so needed. And so style school right now is, is filled out for the spring. Yes. And so the next one's the fall. The next one's in the fall. Yep. Okay. Amazing. I am so grateful for this. And before we go into the divine deep dive round, uh, where else can people connect with you online? They can connect with me on Instagram. I like to hang out on Instagram and on Facebook. Okay. I will have the links to those on the show notes for this. Awesome. And real quickly, we're going to go into the divine deep dive round. And these are whatever come up for you first. You ready? I'm ready. Who would you say is one of your number one teachers or mentors? Raisa, my daughter. Hmm. What do you want to be praised for more than anything? Tenderness. What is one must read book? Um, I, I'm reading, I think the best book right now, um, uh, the body keeps the score. Mm, I've heard of this. It's on my mm. list. Whoa. It's good. Ooh. Yay. Yeah. Super powerful. What is one of your favorite meals to eat? Obviously right now. Um, it's been the same for three years. It's breakfast. I love having two eggs, red peppers, sweet potatoes, a date, <laughs> some strawberries and an avocado every oh. morning. Same thing. It's my, it's my, like, that's my goddess breakfast. I, I like, I have it every day, no matter where I am in the world. That's what I eat. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So even whenever you were at surf camp. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, that, that's what I would order. And I would, they would say, how would you want your eggs? I'm like, here's how it has to happen. <laughs> and did your date just come on its own little private plate? <laughs> the date plate. <laughs> I wasn't always to get the date, but sometimes I could get a papaya instead of a date. So, mm. you know, I would kind of get whatever was local, but it's always two eggs and a, just a whole plate of fruits and vegetables. It's my favorite. I'm going to try that. That sounds yummy. Yeah. My favorite. What's your favorite form of moving your body? Hiking. Mm, oh yes. You do that every week. Every week we hike every Sunday. Um, what's your favorite scent right now? Any smells you really get pleasure from? My favorite scent that, um, makes my eyes flutter is cardamom. Mm. So I like to put cardamom on as many things as I can. I sprinkle it in my coffee and I, I, it's my favorite. I use it as much as I can. That leads into the next question. Describe your relationship to coffee in one word. Oh, sensual. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Sensual, slow, indulgent. I'm the same. 
Yeah. Just like swish it around in my mouth to get all the flavors. I just can't like, I can't have enough. (laughs) Very last question. Where are we most likely to find you on a Saturday morning? Saturday morning. Um, I would be drinking coffee with my husband. That's what we would do every Saturday morning. We, that's our date. We have like a date morning. The kids watch TV and we, we, we sort of sequester ourselves off and have morning coffee together and catch up on the week. That just brought me back into my own childhood. Not the coffee mm-hmm. with the adults, but like mm-hmm. going to watch cartoons on a Saturday morning and yeah. pillows and blankets. Oh, I can't wait to have my own family. That sounds so fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Like I've been saying this whole episode, I just totally jive with everything you're about, who you are as a human being. And um, so the work that you're doing in this world really shows because I'm so drawn into your energy. Thank you, style and clothing and inside out congruency. It really, 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 truly works. So thank you for everything you are doing. Thank you so much for the invitation. I love, I loved speaking with you and I just love to be in your lineup of incredible people that you interview. I just, I feel honored. Thank you. Mm. Y'all go to the show notes for this. Check out all the links that we shared. Go head on over to Instagram. Let us know in the comments to her photo um, on my feed. What were your questions? What were your aha moments? What are you going to do with your closet now? We would love to hear from you. Tag us both and we will see you next Wednesday for another awesome interview. (laughs) 